0: Hi there, it's Gareth here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to my brand new podcast called The Thinking Biker. Thanks so much for listening in and welcome to this episode. Hi there, it's Gareth here. I hope you are doing well and welcome to my third ever podcast. And it is absolutely amazing to have the the connection with you all and the, the reach across the world that I see through this. So thank you very much indeed for listening in and maybe subscribing to my podcast. It's brilliant. So far, I've had Seventy downloads across the world. I think maybe seventy-two. You know, from places as far afield as from me, as India, as the United States, Cambodia. I mentioned that last week. Uh, Spain, Czech Republic, Netherlands. So it's absolutely wonderful, uh, and other other countries too as well. So it's absolutely wonderful for people to be listening. To me from across the world um i know that in cambodia for, as case for example my daughter was over there uh, traveling with her boyfriend recently and when i launched the podcast i let her know and obviously she uh well not obviously she did download it but that was just two of them and it does say on my data uh dashboard that six people actually listen to it so She must have maybe had four other people (laughs) there who may be downloaded as well, but uh, I'll have to ask her about that. But thank you very much. It's brilliant that that's happened and I'd just love to have that connection with people all around the world, you know, for that to continue if possible Um, and also please do give me any feedback and in that way I can adjust the course of the podcast and try to deliver the information and the knowledge and the learnings that you know people are actually looking for. OK, so let's get started. This week has been quite a week for me in a number of ways. One way I'll talk about in a few moments time, because it directly connects to the topic of how to recover from workplace stress. Now, as a little reminder, uh, this particular uh, topic was brought to my attention by me reading a Harvard Business Review uh, article uh, at the beginning of July, which was called How to Recover from Work Stress According to Science. And it was written by four very highly esteemed authors from uh, the the University or Business School of Lausanne in Switzerland and also the University of Hong Kong as well. And those uh, writers, authors, are Alison Meister, Nell Dayell, um, Bonnie Hayden-Cheng, and Francesca Krings. Please do look out for that um, Harvard Business Review article. You will be able to uh, Google that and find that and be able to read the article itself. And all I'm doing here really is uh, looking at the article and really applying it to uh, to to my life, to my workplace, uh, observations and situations that I see, um, and you can do exactly the same. So please do read the article; it's a fantastic one. Essentially, the article talks about um, you know the fact that we uh, the the whole world is is tired, and um, is you know it, it, a high proportion of people are. Are feeling burned out. You know, up to 61% of U.S. professionals feel that way, um, and um, only 32% of people across the globe think say that they are thriving. Um, and the problem is that when it comes to recovery uh, of from workplace stress, it, it, it is a skill. Um, reducing our uh, our levels of stress back to uh, pre-stress. Pre stressor levels, um, you know, where we can see a a reduction in the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and less anxiety, less exhaustion, um, less burnout. It's a skill to be learned. Some professions learn that skill, for example, high risk, high, 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 high risk professions do learn that skill, and the article talks about you know, the profession of being in the the airline industry and the fact that uh, pilots do get trained in how to uh, recover from this. But um, unfortunately, not a lot of other people do. And there is also a paradox at play, which is the paradox of recovery, which really is that just at the moment that we need to recover and reset the most, i.e. when we are absolutely most depleted of our resources, then it's exactly at that moment in time that we're very, very unlikely to actually recover and we're more likely to slide quickly into a negative cycle of working longer hours and taking fewer breaks. So the article offers up some um, resolutions or some ideas for what we can do, and there are five of them uh, that have been provided. They're brilliant. I have actually got a, th- a sixth one, which I which I I'll plan to share. And what I think I'll do today, I'll cover recover two more of these um, strategies or ideas to re- recover from workplace stress. The first one, by the way, in my last po- podcast episode was all about. Um, detaching from work. So the ability to actually dedicate a fixed time each day where you can fully devote attention to a non work related activity. That is strategy number one. Strategy number two is planning in micro breaks into your work day, short breaks of approximately 10 minutes and planning those in. And they're surprisingly effective for recovering from daily work stress and various job demands. And apparently, If we were to plan micro breaks breaks earlier in the day, they contribute to greater recovery. So that gives some ideas for how uh, we should go about planning our mornings, for example. Okay, so that's what I covered in the last podcast. In this podcast, I'll cover the next two strategies and tell you a little bit of a story about, that's related to my week as well. So strategy three is about personalizing your recovery activity. And the article describes an example from the chief financial officer of a global events company who said that they used to take part in their partner's hobby during their free time so that they could spend quality time together. But in reality, that actual hobby, you know, brought about a feeling of dread in them. So it didn't actually contribute much towards that person's stress reduction at all. So that person then changed their uh, their, their, uh, hobby activities to do what worked for them rather than what what worked for their partner. So in this example, they do gardening while their partner um, learns guitar, and then they carry out or carve out time to spend together after both of those events which sounds like a really nice thing to do um, the same thing uh, can apply in work for example during our work a lunch break we may feel compelled to go and sit with co-workers and chat over lunch but that's good if it boosts our stress recovery but on the other hand some workers um, you know are less keen or some of us are less keen about socializing over lunch, but do so anyway um, to, if you like, go along with a little bit of peer or group pressure or cult- company culture, but um, that actually can deplete our energy levels at the end of the day. So uh, so it's important to try to personalize our recovery activities. Um, I-, I was talking to a friend, Last night on our book group, and shared this um, ex- this description or st- story or article with them, and they said, "Yeah, it's important. You know, not ev- not everybody is different, Gareth, and so we need to. You know, what what works for one person may not work for another. So it's about trying to be mindful and and uh, mindful in the respect of designing our own." Uh, recovery activities rather than going with the flow. Obviously, sometimes it's very, very hard, but um, even if that can be done for a small fraction of our our time at work, then that would be beneficial. So that is strategy number three. Um, And strategy number four is one which I've been really practicing this week in a big way, Um, it is about prioritizing high effort activities rather than low effort activities. If we think back about to strategy number one, which is around detachment and just imagine that being, you know, finding a place of stillness and, and, you know, maybe even doing some meditation or some, you know, some relaxation breathing techniques in a very, very um, quiet and low energy environment. That's strategy number number one. Strategy number four is prioritizing high effort activities. Now, um, to give you a little bit of insight into my week, I mentioned earlier it's been quite a week. Well, um, a slight departure from this topic, but I will promise I will bring it back. for many years, I have I have done okay at controlling my fitness and weight. Um, although I'm tall, I'm six foot two. I do easily these days put weight on in parts that I have really didn't when I was younger. In fact, when I was kind of eighteen, nineteen, I was you know really really skinny. I was always called the skinny one really i didn't like that but uh but and i always wanted to have more of an of an athletic body it didn't work out that way unfortunately and now in later in life um i'm 58 years old now um and i you know i do easily attract weight and when i talked to a trainer a personal trainer once about this he said you know we 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 place weight on where we're not moving and that's absolutely true if you look at a lot of men's um, body types, then we, we do tend to attract weight towards our middles and our, our chests as well. So uh, that's happening, and um, it's a, it's a real challenge to try to prevent that. Um, so down the years, I've done I've done okay, as I say, I've not done great at, at trying to do something about that. Um, and as some people may know who know me, I do try to walk 10,000 steps a day. I've been doing that for almost a year now with some success this month in August. I've averaged 10,000 steps a day, which has been brilliant. Um, but what I found even doing that, that is still not enough to ward off the, uh, the attraction of this, this, this fat basically. So, um, Sorry about the, the level of detail here. I have to go there. I'll come out of it in a minute, I promise. But basically, uh, I saw an advert, or an advert saw me, on Instagram um, at the beginning of August, around about a month ago. And it was something called Men's Hub in Warrington. Uh, and if you're in, on Instagram or Facebook or need can, can Google, then... If you google mental warrington you will see what this is all about and so i just thought it was in an afternoon of kind of um resignation really one afternoon on a saturday afternoon i thought oh i'll i will i'll i'll reply to this uh form that was on instagram to fill in and filled my details in and then no no sooner than or no longer than something like 10 minutes later i was i was called and um, what initially struck me, first of all, was that the person who called me wasn't a salesperson. It was just a a really nice bloke, you know. And and so I had a chat with him and then had a think about signing up. And then I spoke later on to... Um, I got a call back about a week later. Uh, I'd, I'd arranged to have a call back about a week, week later. And I decided to sign up to an induction to men's sobe warrants and what the concept really is it's quite quite interesting it's very different than any of the gyms that i've been before and it's effectively it's um it's a, it's an exercise program and it's uh, a nutrition program as well a, a diet program as well uh, and also there's a very strong um sense of community for uh for people who go together. So uh, what happens is you you train together in a group of around about um I think on the induction night there's twenty five guys there. Um all sorts of uh ages and sizes and type type of people um doesn't really matter does it but everybody with the um with the kind of goal as was expressed to me in this that second and the first follow follow calls from from both Jacob and Kieran when they called me was that it's all about men's health and extending our lives and doing something about it while we can uh it's quite inspirational to go along to be honest with you I've been along to two training sessions so far um it's quite inspirational to see the other men who just like me are trying to do something about, um, their health. Uh, it, it's not easy at all. And this is where the the connection comes back to me for the, uh, prioritization of high effort activities, because these training sessions are, they are pretty, pretty, uh, intense, I would say. Um, but, you know, the end of it, you feel great. Um, the guys all help you through it. The coaches are amazing. Um, the camaraderie, you know, there's something really special going on here. It is a brand new concept. It's um, its absolutely brilliant. So far, so good. I realise that I'm really, really good at starting things. Um, and, you know, the, the, the proof of the pudding is in making it last, isn't it? So, you know, and I'm pretty sure that with... Certainly it won't be the the gym or the guys who let me down. It'll be me who lets me down by not going along and continuing with this. But I'm committed to the first four weeks at least. Um, And um, in the first week, believe it or not, my starting weight was 15 stone two. I go for a weigh-in tomorrow, but on my scales at home, the the scales in the gym would be much more accurate. But my scales at home, I measured myself yesterday, and it said fourteen stone nine. That equates to seven pounds, which is around about three kilograms in around five days. So it's 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 a pretty intense diet, I've got to say. It is the first week is is is. Is, well, I won't describe the diet because that—that's probably for 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 mental Warrington to share with people. But uh, but it's quite a quite a strict diet. Um, but after a few days, I've got used to that and I'm I'm coping with that quite quite well. But anyway, we will see what happens next, and um, that will be my definitely my prioritisation of high effort activities. So back to this article, strategy four. It's all about, um, you know, having high activity, high effort activities, rather than low or pass passive effort. So high high effort activities can also be, if if we're not dis disposed to doing, you know, gym sessions or fast walks, hikes or swims, then other activities that that can be. Helpful for recovery in this high effort uh, strategy can be mastery experiences. So they are experiences that ha- require a high level of dedication, focus, and time. Um, these are the these are the same resources that actually zap you of energy during the day. But if you can draw on those during non-work activities, that they will actually benefit your recoveries, your recovery, and those sorts of activities that can be um, achieved through uh, pursuing a hobby, for example, learning a new language or learning to play the violin, etc. And in my particular case, and I mentioned this in my uh, talk, my my podcast last week, my particular case, that's for me getting out on my motorbike, because um, in that moment, then the thing that I absolutely love and enjoy about motorcycling is that it takes a hundred percent concentration because any level of distraction from that concentration means that I would be introducing risk into my riding, and you know I want to go out, have a nice ride, and come back every time, and um, give myself the maximum chance of doing that, and by complete focus. Um, and dedication uh, then you know the thinking biker in me knows that um, it, it's about uh, it's about that and it actually does it does do this it does help my stress recovery when I get back from a ride because you know I feel absolutely great about the ride afterwards and you know I I'm, I think I'm approaching or kind of have almost stumbled on um in a kind of a very uh unexpected way um a stress recovery strategy uh, through motorcycling uh without even kind of knowing knowing it knowing the theory behind it or knowing or think or knowing there's any science behind it it just felt intuitive to me but uh but it is actually true it does really really help Okay, so that is the fourth strategy, prioritising high-effort activities. So now, we've looked at four strategies so far. I'll cover the next strategy, the fifth one, and my own one in the next uh, recording. But so far, we've covered the strategies of detachment, of planning in micro-breaks, personalising our recovery activities, and prioritising high-effort activities over lower effort ones. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that you're enjoying the Thinking Biker podcast. There's always a story related to motorcycling, isn't there? I always say that to people. I can always bring motorcycling into most topics, Um, but especially this one seems to be really, really relevant. Um, I will be back next week with the next part in this little mini series. And then um, I will be talking about, after that, another topic that is very close to my heart and is probably very uh, appropriate. There'll definitely be uh, links to me and my motorcycling then because I'm gonna talk about something called Ikigai. I won't say any more than that except to say um google i k i g a i icky guy and i'll be talking about that in the episode after next week so i shall sign off for now it's absolutely amazing and wonderful to have you listening Uh, i hope that you have a great week do take care do try to practice at least one of those stress reduction activities Thanks again for listening in. I really do appreciate it. Um, And I shall see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.